Welcome back to another episode of the Hardersoft Podcast, the number one podcast in the F1 world that is hosted by one person in Toronto and another person in near Atlanta, Georgia. It is Manza Week. Manza, 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 Manza. One of the fastest, one of the best weeks on the calendar. Uh, Adrian will be joining me at some point here. Um, he's sort of traveling a little bit this week, but I'm uh, going to get some... Uh, Gonna get him to hop in to do our previews. Um, there's one thing I got to get ahead of though before we really get into it, and that is uh, this video I posted on TikTok the other day. Carlos Sainz is a real one for this. When asked ahead of the Dutch GP a question about Lewis Hamilton, Carlos replied, "It is an honor to be able to race with one of the greats and an eight-time world champion." To which a journalist questioned, "Eight-time champion?" Carlos then replied, I consider 2021 to be Lewis. And was a Lewis fan? I love to hear it. It's pretty much common sense that Lewis was robbed of the 2021 finale and given to Max. But from a former Toro Rosso driver and current Ferrari driver, kind of takes balls to admit that. So shout out to you, Carlos. What does everybody else think? Was Carlos right? Was he wrong? Didn't need to say it. Glad that he said it. Sound off in the comments below. The video is doing quite well. It's got uh, 23,000 views on TikTok, a uh, couple thousand on YouTube. Now, the only one problem with it, I got duped. Uh, not real. Not a real story. Completely made up. But I fell for it. Views are views, I guess. But uh, that's the story behind that one. So, sorry, mea culpa on that one. But it happens to the best of us, the worst of us, the rest of us. What are you going to do? So... That's that. Um, the big news today, as I'm recording it, is Thursday afternoon. I woke up to the good news that I made sure to double, triple, quadruple check that it was real this time. Lewis Hamilton has signed an extension with Mercedes to go through to the end of the 2025 season. That means this season plus two more with Lewis at Mercedes. They also threw in that George Russell had his contract extended an extra year, so he also will be up at the end of 2025. Uh, no financial terms disclosed as of yet. I don't believe I've seen that. Um, if it's out there, I apologize. We'll get to that next week. But yeah, I mean, pretty good news, obviously, for uh, Mercedes fans like myself, especially the Lewis News. Not surprised that it goes through 2025, considering that's when the regulations end and the new ones start in 2026. So, um, kind of twofold, puts pressure on Mercedes to develop a car that's worthy of Lewis sticking around in 2026, but also gives Lewis a good out if he wants to retire after 2025 and just call it a career. So, um, yeah, good news. It's kind of the least surprising news we've heard in a while, but just nice to have it finally out there and confirmed that uh, Lewis will be in the paddock for at least another, yeah, this year and two more seasons. So good news. That's uh, applause all around. Applause all. But what else do we have to get to? A few topics before I uh, start the preview for Monza. Um, Pierre Gasly held a Reddit AMA, which stands for Ask Me Anything. Uh, guys will do this from time to time over across all of, all uh, aspects of I don't know, business or media or sports or whatever. But uh, Pierre Gasly hopped in for, I think he's done it three or four times before, but I uh, hopped on my Reddit account, posted a question, not expecting a response, but uh, he posted this video and my question was the first one that he answered. So check this out. As a driver, what aspect of Formula One do you wish fans, media understood or appreciated a bit more? 
I'll probably say there's a clear one to me. It's the actual effort of driving a Formula One car, like the, the feeling of uh, speed and G's through the corners and the actual effort of, you know, during a whole race distance, losing up to two, two or three kilos um, during a full race distance. And, uh, and yeah, just managing the speeds and, and the G-forces. Pretty cool. I mean, kind of a bit of a cookie cutter answer, but in general, I mean, it's still pretty cool that uh, Gasly decided to answer my question, or Gasly's team decided to forward that question. And for it to be first, gets things kicked off on the good foot, on the right foot. So that's that. Um, a little bit of drama, maybe, percolating at Red Bull. Uh, it'd be nice to have Adrian here for this topic, but anytime there's drama at Red Bull, it uh, deserves a discussion. So what do we got? There's two things. Number one was the car design. So there's been a couple of stories floating around from Sergio Perez and just, I mean, Toto Wolf talked on it. It's kind of been a topic that's broached by a lot of people is how, just how is it possible that Max is annihilating Sergio Perez by so much um, this season, last season, race by race, uh, qualifying, race pace, everything. And now we know Max is good, but it's just bizarre how much he's beating Sergio by. So some reports sort of came out that uh, it was because they create the car to Max's specifications, uh, not to Sergio's specifications. And basically, um, yeah, it's, it's benefits. It benefits Max, not Sergio, is what they're saying. Um, sorry, one of my AirPods just went out, so hopefully you can still hear me. Uh, oh, there we go. Okay, we're back. Hopefully it was recording the whole time. If not, we'll have a fun redo. Um, yeah, so the car design, as I was saying, before I was so rudely interrupted by my own AirPods. Oh, it's because I opened my phone. I get it now. Okay. Hold, bear with me here. Da, 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 da. Headline. Verstappen insists claims that Red Bull's cars built around him are bullshit. Bullshit. So... Uh, I'll start from here. Total Wolf mentioning, talking about the car. Uh, we've seen Max has destroyed every single teammate that was with him, whether it's his ability to create a car around himself that is just very tricky to control, but fast. If you can, uh, in brackets, control it, that makes those gaps. Kind of hard to parse what saying, but I guess going to say, like, it's not necessarily that the car is built for Max, it's that it's Max can get the most out of a car that is built to the limit, whereas other guys might not be able to. Um, but Verstappen has called bullshit on such suggestions. He told the media, including the race, quote, it's not like that. I just drive the car the fastest way possible. I'm not there to tell these guys to give me more front end because that's how I like it. Because that's how I like it. Not the best. Uh, I just say, design me the fastest car and I'll drive around that. Because every single year, it's just different. Every car drives a little bit different. People will say, what is your driving style? My driving style is not something particular. I adapt to what I need for the car. I adapt to what I need for the car to go quickly. I'm not out there to try and prove anything. I'm just there to do the best I can with the material I have. Probably also people don't know what's going on within the team and how difficult it is, even when you have a very good car, to deliver what we are doing to win every race so far. Some people also can't appreciate when somebody is constantly doing a good job. And I'm not talking about myself only, just the whole team operation. But I'm just there to do my job. I'm not there for people to recognize what I'm doing. Hmm. Yes and no. Um, not going to disagree with him, but also not going to agree with him. Uh, but fair, fair play, because 
it's it's uh gotta be frustrating when you're winning every race and everyone, all everyone says is because of the car but uh we obviously saw that happen with lewis when lewis was winning and everyone said it was just the car despite the gaps not being quite as prevalent or ever winning this many races in a row but uh credit to max on that one that's impressive not to make any mistakes this far um so that's the one thing and then the other Perez's future again it's become a big talking point on this show um pretty much everywhere but uh earlier this week it was reported in an article published by Klein Zetung Klein Zetung that Red Bull Motorsport advisor Helmut Marco a fan favorite of this show has admitted that Sergio Perez was actually in danger of losing his F1 seat for 2024. This is the first we've heard of it. We've all kind of talked of it. It's kind of been a little scuttlebutt, but no one's actually been willing to say it yet. Well, now Helmut Marco has come out and said it. He said that nothing is 100% certain in F1 and that, quote, performance-related situations always need to be discussed. He then doubled down on these comments in Zandvoort, telling Sky Germany that Red Bull would like to keep him on, but he needs to perform for that. However, Christian Horner completely contradicted Helmut's comments after Sunday's Dutch GP. He told the media, including the race, quote, Checo's situation for next year is clear. He's a Red Bull racing driver. We have an agreement with him, irrelevant of agreements. We're pleased with the job he's doing. Saw his drive today. Was unlucky with his pit lane speedometer today. Blah, blah, blah. He's second in the world championship. Only driver other than Max to have won Grand Prix this year. It's easy to beat up on him when the barometer is so high on the other side, but he will be our driver in 2024. So... I mean, I guess that remains to be seen, but uh, not the first time we've seen those two disagreeing on something. They disagreed on Nick DeVries. So that turned out. So, uh, yeah, Helmut Marco never a guy to be able to keep any sort of opinion to himself. Uh, just a journalist's dream, Helmut Marco, despite him being a complete asshole. Scumbag, dirtbag, should be thrown in jail. Next, Daniel Ricciardo. This is kind of a sad one, but it goes hand-in-hand hand with Liam Lawson. Liam Lawson, I'm going to tell you who Liam Lawson is. But, uh, yeah, last week we had an unfortunate situation, you could say. Uh, Danny Ricardo, well, Oscar Piastri went off track. Danny Ricardo chose to either crash into the back of Piastri or turn and hit the wall. He didn't get his hand off the wheel in time and broke his hand. Sounds like it's a pretty serious break. So Liam Lawson had to step in very, very last minute. Um... Yes, Liam Lawson will once again be standing in for Daniel Ricciardo at Alfa Tauri for a second race in a row. Ricciardo broke his hand last Friday in a crash during practice for the Dutch Grand Prix. Lawson was called up at the last minute, as I said. So here's the interesting thing. He got into the car for the first time in an F1 car. For the first time on Saturday morning's practice sessions. He was 18th fastest. He qualified 20th. Obviously, uh, yeah, he's not going to qualify higher than that when he hasn't been in the car. Um... On Sunday in the race, though, he ran as high as 11th before finishing 14th, which then got switched up to a 13th when Yuki Tsunoda, his teammate, uh, got a penalty. So, pretty pretty good debut, especially that was a pretty damn crazy race. Ricardo, on the other hand, his surgery took place on Monday morning and included the use of, quote, metalwork to ensure that the bones are in the right position as they repair themselves while his hand is in a cast. He commented that, quote, this isn't a setback, just all part of the comeback. This ain't no setback, just all part of the comeback. I don't know what accent that was, but maybe a mix between Ricardo, McConaughey, and uh, slightly R-worded Farmer. <clears throat> Red Bull team principal Christian Horner said Ricardo, quote, had several screws and a plate fitted 
During his surgery, it went well. It was successful because the bone was broke in multiple places. But it was a fairly straightforward procedure. So now it's all about recovery. He says for a normal human being like me, that would be a couple months. For a Grand Prix driver, it's often much shorter. So apparently Daniel Ricciardo will be aiming to return to Formula 1 at the Singapore Grand Prix in three weeks' time, so two and a half weeks' time. Uh, Horner also added that Lawson had driven well in his debut in difficult circumstances, having not driven the car until the rain-affected final practice session on Saturday. The poor guy, quote, the poor guy getting dropped in a car he's never driven, wet, dry conditions, everything being thrown at him. I actually think he did pretty well to finish a race like that in itself. With the lack of experience that he has, I thought in very difficult circumstances, he applied himself very well. Um, so if you're wondering who Liam Lawson, Liam Lawson is up his wikipedia here some deep deep research that i did liam lawson born february 11th 2002 so that makes this kid 21 years old he was born in hastings new zealand he is a new zealand motor racing driver currently competing in formula one for scuderia alfatari and super formula championship with team mujen Lawson, who is mentored by three-time New Zealand Grand Prix winner Ken Smith, previously complete, competed for the Carlin team in the FIA Formula 2 Championship, where he finished third in 2022. He is a previous Toyota Racing Series champion, a member of the Red Bull Junior Team. In 2021, he also raced for the Red Bull AF course team in the Deutsche Darmwagen Masters, partnering Alex Albon, narrowly missing out on the championship in the last round. So, um, good junior career, pretty... Uh, this year in Super Formula Championship, uh, seven starts, three wins, three podiums, uh, three fastest laps. So yeah, talented young kid on the rise. I think, I mean, him and Theo Porcher seem to be the next up, kind of, if you were to say pick that kind of thing. So yeah, it's a good chance for him. I'm very unfortunate for Danny, obviously. Hopefully he can, it seems like his season is going to be, like... If he were to have come back in an effort to replace Checo for next year, it seems like that's going to be put on hold. But hey, we'll see. You never, never know. We'll have with that. Um, yeah, one more quick thing. I guess this is on the topic of Monza, but a little bit of a roundabout. Um, Max. Max is going for his 10th straight win, a record that he equaled last week for his ninth. Um, Sebastian Bettel had the previous record, along with another guy, forgetting his name right now. But Bettel's was like an uninterrupted uh the only one to be uninterrupted like there was no breaks or anything just nine straight so max can beat that this week um pierre gasly had some little bit of interesting comments on it pierre gasly believes that monza obviously this week's track the fastest track on the calendar will not be an ideal venue for the undefeated team of 2023 so here's hoping he said i quote this weekend i think this weekend is actually probably the trickiest one for max it's monza it's a very different track you're on very low drag Quite a lot of incidents can happen at a turn one, as we've seen when Max's car landed on top of Lewis's head, and Max didn't take any blame for it. <clears throat> you have a massive game at DRS, so if someone is fast enough to stick to your DRS the whole race, they could get a chance. I'll be surprised if he pulls like a 30-second lead like he can do on some other tracks. But Verstappen, on the other hand, doesn't see any reason why Monza should present any particular challenges for Red Bull, saying, ain't no stopping Verstappen. He didn't say that. Uh, quote, people are allowed to wish for these kind of things, but I think it's going to be a good track for us. End quote. Verstappen has previously said his car was more competitive on permanent circuits than street tracks. He expects the race after the Italian Grand Prix on the Marina Bay street course in Singapore 
could actually provide more of a challenge for him than Monza. So, yeah, that remains to be seen. But uh, I think anyone, anyone or number one is expecting Max to clean up and win once again this weekend. Now we can get on to the Italian GP preview and predictions. Uh, Adrian's going to hop on soon here. Um, the weather. The weather has been a big topic of discussion the last, pretty much, I think, since Miami. Um, so Formula One is set for its first all-dry weekend of track action since May's Miami Grand Prix. There we go. With the trip to Monza for the Italian Grand Prix, each of the last eight rounds have seen at least one session in which the track was wet. That can be good, but it also can be quite bad. Um, this week, we also are a return of the alternative tire allocation. Listen up. We had this a few weeks ago. So at the Hungarian Grand Prix, F1 experimented with a novel new regulation aimed to reduce tire waste, blah, 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 blah. Essentially, they have less tires for the week, and they have to... Each round of qualifying will, again, have a specific tire restriction. In Q1, all drivers must run on hard tires. Those who get to Q2 run on mediums. Then the top 10 drivers making to the shootout for pole will be allowed to go out on softs. So, I don't know, mixed reviews on it last time. I thought it worked out really well. It ended up being uh, one of the closest and exciting qualifying sessions of the season in Hungary. So whether that was due to just a tight track um, in terms of times or uh, the tires having an impact on that, who knows? They always were just running the same sets of, like they were all running softs before, but now it's sort of like... Uh, you, there's no you're running on old softs, you're running on new softs kind of gap. So I don't know. We'll see. Uh, it doesn't doesn't hurt to uh, give it a shot. All in the name of saving environmental stuff, I guess. I don't know. But as long as it's interesting, it's interesting. That uh, that's all I really care about uh, in terms of the times. We've got uh, Friday morning practice one seven thirty. Practice 2, 11 a.m. This is Eastern Standard Time. Practice 3, Saturday morning, 6.30 a.m. Qualifying 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. on Saturday. And then the race, 9 a.m. So this is the final, I believe this is the final of the European tracks. Um, yeah, final of the European tracks. So enjoy it while we can. Let me make sure I didn't miss anything here. No, okay, I'll keep going. Um, so Monza, a little bit of info about Monza. Um, I'm going to actually tell you a little bit about the history in a second, but it's a 53 lap race, circuit length 5.793 kilometers, race distance 306.72. The lap record was set in 2004 by Rubens Barrichello, uh, 121.046. A little bit interesting here. So constructed, when was the track built? You ask? Well, it was constructed in just 110 days in 1922. The Autodromo Monza was the world's third purpose-built racetrack, coming after Brooklyn's in the UK and Indianapolis in the US. There you go, Adrian. Like those two tracks, the original circuit featured a daunting series of banked curves, as well as much of the, quote, outfield section that's still in use today. Monza opened its doors on September 3rd, 1922, just a week before it hosted that year's Italian Grand Prix. It was then part of the original Formula One calendar in 1950 and has held the Italian Grand Prix every year bar one since. Um, so yeah, we all know it's a fast track. It used to have, it's cool, I saw a picture of when they were originally building the track. It had these huge banked turns. Um, now they kind of use it to like race each other, like running up the hill to race each other. Uh, somebody was going up of that this week. 
So in terms of, yeah, the track, cars are on full throttle for 80% of the lap and hit their VMAX. They hit their VMAX on the circuit's 1.1 kilometer start finish straight. From there, they roar off into the historic park section where a series of big stops into tight chicanes give the brakes a good workout. Um, so that's kind of the race. Interesting, to, it's, I guess, one of the top three oldest tracks of all time. Uh, extremely, extremely fast track. We all know that. So it'll be uh, supposed to be, as I said, dry and hot, a little bit of wind. So it should make for an exciting race weekend. Hopefully what Pierre Gasly has said will come true. It would be kind of cool if Max, Max's streak stopped now, uh, just in terms of keeping him on pace with Sebastian Vettel. Um, definitely like Vettel. Don't love Max so much. Um, yeah, I guess in terms of predictions, my prediction this week is that just because the Rebel's so fast, I think, I mean, obviously Max, we're, we mentioned it last week, we're just going to pick Max to win every week. But in terms of the rest of the podium, uh, I do think Mercedes should have a good show this week. McLaren, I don't know if they've their um, straight line speed hasn't exactly been their their strength, so I don't know if this is the track for them. Uh, I do think Lando will have a good week though. So I'm think uh, Checo is such a. It's so hard to know with Checo. I mean, he could easily he could finish second by thirty sec twenty seconds, or he could finish fifth or sixth. Uh, I'm gonna say Max. Lewis, Lando, and then Alonso and Perez rounding out the top five. That is my selection. Oh, I believe Adrian has just popped in. Um, yeah, there he is. Adrian, where are you? <laughs> I'm outside. I'm not in my room. Coming to you live from my backyard. You can peep a little badminton net there. Yeah, I just figure I'm in my room so much. Might as well just get a little fresh air, get a little... I'm not really going into the sunlight because I'd be overexposed. And obviously once that light refocuses, you see all these blemishes. So right in the shadows with a little bit of light behind me, I think that's a good backdrop. But I think mostly I'm just gonna be giving you guys my predictions. Um, obviously Matt, Matt, Max uh, matched the uh, all-time win streak record with uh, his previous uh, Red Bull driver, Sebastian Vettel, just stumbling over my words today. But yeah, he matched his previous record by Sebastian Vettel and now has nine race wins in a row. So I know he's just aching to get that 10th win. But a lot of people, a lot of experts are saying that this is going to be Max's toughest win just because two teams specifically look really, really good here. Obviously, uh, Ferrari, uh, they benefit from long straights. Monza is a very long straight heavy course. And then, of course, or not of course, the surprise team is Williams. Williams are apparently supposed to be amazing this week. And judging by their surprise performance from the Netherlands last weekend, I would not be surprised because they've just been absolutely killing it, specifically Albon. So hopefully Logan's able to sort of pick himself up from the little bit of mistakes that happened with the team or whether it was himself. I know it was a brake line issue with, that caused him to DNF, but hopefully he's just able to dust off his cowboy boots and get back in there and get some points. Need the, need the, the home country, the United States, to get some some points. I mean, look how beautiful this is. It's trees. That's what the America. That's what America is. Trees and parking lots, baby. Hoorah! <laughs> but yes, I'm very excited. Obviously, I might be out of town. I'm still going to be watching every single race and practice and qualifying. I'm going to be watching it all. I'm going to be live tweeting. So make sure you follow us at HarderSoft F1. Um, gosh, yeah, I do think Max is still going to win. 
I just think he, this season specifically, there's just really no stopping him. I think it's a possibility that he's gonna win the rest of these races this season and that Red Bull are gonna just have a complete dominating season and just win every single race. Obviously, I hope that's not the case, but I think it's what's gonna happen. Now, as far as podium goes, Sergio Perez, I don't know, he did. He was not very refreshed after the summer break, came back from after the summer break to the Netherlands and just, I mean, P7, he qualified poorly. He finished behind a Williams. It's just, he's just not doing good. I think he's on his way out, whether it's at the end of this year or in 2024, we're gonna have to find out, but I don't see him getting a podium. I'm gonna say some wild, I'm gonna say some wild shit. I'm gonna say Max wins and we're gonna have a Ferrari podium. I'm gonna say Leclerc, it could be signs. It'll probably be Leclerc. And then behind him, Gosh, I really think Williams are gonna do well, but I just don't see a podium. I don't think that's a possibility. So I'm gonna go with a McLaren and I'm gonna say Oscar, just because I like Oscar more than Lando, even though Lando is obviously a great driver, totally possible. Um, but yeah, those are my predictions. We're gonna get Max as the W, then followed by Leclerc and Lando. All right, well, thank you, Adrian, from your backyard. That was some lovely words. Um, interesting with St. Williams. I, I didn't, uh, didn't expect to hear that, but I guess they have in fast Albon should have a good week. Looking forward to that. Um, yeah, I think that's pretty much it. I will be going live just like I did last weekend after the checkered flag to do kind of a quick, uh, race recap. I'm not expecting Adrian to be able to hop onto that, but you never know. You have to tune in to find out. Um, yeah, obviously go Lewis. Uh, F1 is off next week. But uh, we will be back for another episode. We're cranking out clips on YouTube and TikTok. So uh, please just join us there. Uh, yeah, everyone, enjoy a speedy, hopefully dry, exciting, fun Monza weekend. Lots to look out for, whether it's the record setting or something different. But uh, yeah, thanks for Adrian for popping on uh, while he's preparing for vacation and uh yeah i'll talk to you sunday monday tuesday whatever day you want to watch the next video bye, -bye.